The Creep Show Chronicles contains graphic and disturbing content that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. I'm Sam. Welcome to episode 84 of the Creep Show Chronicles. Um, this was originally Ashley's episode, but I was editing editing it and it just it wasn't sounding. It was just all kinds of. Yeah. Anywho. So we're going to be covering the Xerox murders and Ashley didn't find a whole lot on it, but she got uh, most of her information from Wikipedia. Xerox murders happened in Honolulu, Hawaii. Service technician Byron Koji, and forgive me if I say this wrong, Uisugi, 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 I'm not sure. We're going to call him Byron. But anyway, he shot at eight people, wounding seven fatally, six co-workers, and his supervisor. This was the worst mass shooting in the history of Hawaii. So at 8 a.m., Byron opened fire inside the building with a semi-automatic pistol, killing his supervisor and six co-workers. He fired in the direction of another co-worker, but Byron fled in a company van, and by mid-morning, he was found sitting in a van near the Hawaii Nature Center in Makiki. Uh, it was It's above downtown Honolulu. He held a standoff with police that lasted for five hours, during which he brandished a pistol, read magazines, and smoked cigarettes. Adding to the tension of the standoff, the Hawaii Nature Center was hosting 35 local school children who were trapped inside without food or water. Byron surrendered surrendered to police at approximately 3 p.m. So the victims of the shooting are Jason Balatico, 33, Ford Kanahira, 41, Ronald Katooka, 50, Ronald Kawame, 54, Melvin Lee, 58, Peter Mark, 46, and John Sakamoto, 36. Again, I'm sorry if I mispronounce any of those. So Byron was born in Honolulu in 1959. He grew up in the Nuanu neighborhood. While attending Roosevelt High School, Byron was a member of the school's army uh, junior ROTC While attending Roosevelt High School, Byron was a member of the school's Army JROTC chapter and the school's rifle team. Classmates remembered him as a quiet student who never got into trouble, and according to his brother Dennis, Byron crashed their father's car and hit his head on the windshield shortly after graduating high school in 1977, and he was apparently never the same afterwards, which is the case if you kind of look at serial killers and people who cause chaos they often have some sort of head injury in their past, whether it be their childhood or like young adulthood. They there's usually some sort of head injury. So Byron had been employed by Xerox as a technician since 1984. Among his hobbies was uh, raising and breeding goldfish and koi, which he would sell to local pet stores. He had an extensive collection of firearms. At the time of the murders, he had as many as 25 guns registered in his name, dating to 1982. Police also took 11 handguns, 5 rifles, and 2 shotguns from Byron's father. According to testimony from Byron's father, 
again, I'm sorry, Hiroyuki, maybe, I'm not sure. Um, Byron was normal until he started working for Xerox in 1984. In 1988, Byron started to complain that he had a poking sensation in his head. After being transferred to another work group, Byron began making unfounded accusations of harassment and product tampering against fellow repairmen. They had difficulty dealing with him. Uh, former co-workers who knew him reported the other members of his team that as early as 1995, he complained that his co-workers were engaged in patterns of harassment, backstabbing behavior, and spreading of rumors. Which, I mean, what workplace doesn't have that, you know? So in the period leading up to the shootings, Xerox management had become increasingly committed to phasing out the type of photocopier that Brian's, Byron sorry, serviced. He resisted learning the replacement machine, fearing that he could not keep up with its technical demands. After working around his refusal to train on the new machine, Byron's manager insisted on November 1st, 1999, that he would begin training the next day. In his interview with Dr. Michael Wellner, who examined Byron when the defendant brought an insanity defense, Byron said that he believed that if he refused to take the training, management was fired him. He told Dr. Wellner, I decided to give them a reason to fire me. Prior to the close of the trial, counts two through eight were merged into count one. The prosecuting attorney of Honolulu, Peter Carlisle, and deputy prosecuting attorneys Christopher Van Marder and Kevin Takata represented the state of Hawaii. Criminal defense attorneys Jarrell Fonseca and Rodney Ching of the law firm Fonseca and Ching represented Byron. Byron pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity and claimed that he felt like an outcast at work and that he feared his colleagues were conspiring to have him fired. Dr. Park Deep and Dr. Daryl Matthews testified for the defense that he was insane, citing the delusions about how others were tampering with his fish. Lead prosecution expert witness Dr. Harold Hall testified that the defendant fulfilled the criteria for a diagnosis of schizophrenia but he did not meet the criteria for either insanity or extreme emotion or mental disturbance. Dr. Michael Wellner testified for the prosecution that although Byron was, in his opinion, a schizophrenic, he carried out the shooting because he was angry that he would be fired for insubordination and that his own account of concealment before the crime demonstrated that he knew what he had done was wrong. So on June 13, 2000, the jury rejected the insanity defense, finding Byron guilty on count one for the seven attempted, or, no, for the seven murders and count nine for the attempted murder. On August 8, 2000, Judge Marie N. Milks sentenced Byron to life without the possibility of parole for count one and life with the possibility of parole on count nine. With the sentence, uh, sentences to run consecutively, the court also ordered Byron to pay 500 in restitution and 70000 to the Crime Victim Compensation Fund. Hawaii does not have the death penalty. The parole board later ordered Byron to serve a minimum term of 235 years in prison, the longest ever ordered for a Hawaii inmate. Byron appealed his convictions in, and in 2002, the state of Hawaii Supreme Court upheld Byron's con conviction. In 2004, Byron was considering fighting his conviction based on Rule 40, an adequate representation by his lawyers in the first trial. In 2005, Xerox and the hospital that examined Byron settled a civil lawsuit brought by the families of the shooting victims. 
They believed that both parties had failed to take preventative action based on what they said were clear signs of Byron's mental instability. As of October 10, 2017, Byron was incarcerated at the Sagaru Correctional Center in Eloy, Arizona. Xerox vacated the premise at 1200 North Nimitz Highway after the shooting. This facility was vacant until 2004 when the producers of the TV show Lost built a soundstage there to film indoor scenes. The state legislature passed a law that required doctors to reveal information about the mental state of persons applying to buy guns, thankfully. So, yeah, that is a pretty short story. But, again, if there's any more information that I find, I will put it in our link tree. And you can find our link tree um, in the pinned post on our Facebook, in our bio, on Instagram and Twitter. So, that was uh, the Xerox Murders. I'm Sam, and I hope you guys have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Creep Show Chronicles. Follow us on social media and share our show so we can grow our audience.